Hello, friends. Today we're going to have a little conversation about my father, John Gordon Long. The title of this episode is Giovanni. episode of the Joe Long Show. My name is Joe Long. Yes, the Joe Long. And this is my show. We're broadcasting from the Chief Gorlack Pumpington the First Memorial Studios in Strathroy, Ontario. And the drink of choice for this episode is dihydrogen monoxide. Um, this week I had a little bit of a writing soundtrack because I did a little more writing than usual for this one. So my soundtrack was the Star Wars The Force Awakens original motion picture soundtrack composed by John Williams and the Interstellar original motion picture soundtrack composed by Hans Zimmer. You can download this podcast wherever you download podcasts. Uh, If you have trouble finding it, please be in touch with me and I'll try to uh, make sure that that works out for you. And also be sure to rate, review, and subscribe Uh, If you like this episode, uh, please feel free to share it on social media. I'm really thankful for the support and and the response in the first two episodes. It definitely uh, has been a really cool adventure for me. Uh, Also, in in that second episode, how about that uh, interlude in the 11-4 time signature? I was pretty pretty pumped up about that. Uh, As I had mentioned uh, last week and, and earlier today, the episode is about my dad, John Long, or uh, when you had called the play and I called you as a uh, as a, a young young boy, it would say Long John, and then you as a child would laugh at me. So thanks for that. After we get into some gentle music, I'm going to tell you a story that starts with some chocolate milk. December 9th, 2016. It was just after my typical supper time and we were stopped at an en route station in Port Hope so that Charlie could stretch out his legs and so that one of the more human travelers in our team could relieve her bladder. Ashley and I decided that we would try and get some grub as we were still a fair distance from Kingston and we were starting to get a little hangry. We were traveling to Kingston to participate in my Nana and Papa's 70th wedding anniversary celebration. The drive through Toronto was stressful. Being a rural kid who lives in a small community currently, I'm not really used to rush hour traffic. And I'm not really used to rush hour traffic in the snow. 
We also weren't sure where we were heading after the anniversary. And uh, the night before, I'd heard some tough news uh, from a friend who was going through a little bit of a rough time. So definitely my head was kind of in three places at once. I decided I was going to get a euro, and Ashley had decided to get chicken souffle, a chicken souffle wrap. As she was drinking water at the time that she typically brings on a road trip, where I had decided to uh, to scale up a little bit and get a nice large carton of chocolate milk. The next couple of moments uh, were a blur. As we brought our food to our table, my brain was in three places at once. I prepared the meal, opened up my milk, unwrapped the top of the euro to dig in. Now, before we move forward, I just want to maybe set the scene a little bit. So it's a Friday evening. Jack Frost was up to his old usual bag of tricks for December. There was, uh, it was, you know, a snowstorm amongst some beautiful weather. Ashley and I were in our full winter getup, surrounded by a potpourri of people who were also in full winter garb. We were seated at a, at a cafeteria-style table in the, in the midst of this large room where in the southeastern side there were, you know, uh, the, the, the typical food court fair. And on the opposite side, there was a, a Starbucks coffee, uh, whatever you call that. Ashley and I were beaten down by the weather, the traffic, and the news. So I grabbed that carton of milk, and I wanted to get a nice taste of that heifer's sweet nectar. So I do what I always do when I'm about to open up a nice old box of chocolate milk. I gripped that carton, and I gave it a shake, but this time with feeling. To my surprise, the cool, chocolatey beverage sprayed all over the local surroundings. We were covered from head to toe in chocolate milk. Ashley and I and a group of onlookers started to laugh at the spectacle I'd made of myself. As we were cleaning up, uh, an older gentleman, maybe trying to cut through the awkwardness, asked me about uh, the Toronto Blue Jays as I was wearing a Toronto Blue Jays jacket. He didn't get that I didn't really want to be there anymore. So we quickly cleaned up, and we bowed to our new adoring fans, and we finished our meal. As we got back to our car, I'd seen that there was a message on my phone from my little brother, Paul. I thought, oh, they arrived in Kingston and they were just looking to meet up or something like that. As I listened to the message, it it became evident that it wasn't that call. Um, It was a different call that I was expecting at at some point, but um, uh, not at this moment. Paul quickly stated that... uh, that Ashley and I should come home. By the tone in his voice, I knew that he wasn't implying that we should go home to Strathroy, but that, in fact, we should travel to our family home. What I haven't told you is that in August of 2015, my father had been diagnosed with cancer, a stomach cancer that had spread to his esophagus, and the cancer treatments didn't work, and my dad rapidly lost a lot of weight. Also, I neglected to mention that 24 hours earlier, my dad had been brought to the hospital. We all knew that this would be his last move, but our family doctor had thought that dad would be fine through the weekend, and mom and dad had decided that it would be best if the whole family would join my nan and papa in Kingston to celebrate that anniversary. And at that point, we would regroup and 
kind of discuss where we'd go next. We traveled back through Toronto, across the 401, up the 400, and to Highway 11, through a wicked snowstorm and through some terrible traffic. We arrived at the North Bay Hospital at 11 p.m. after a quick stop at my family home in Trout Creek or outside of Trout Creek to drop off Charlie. My mom, chauffeured by one of her sisters and her brother, arrived at the hospital around midnight. She was already in Kingston when she got the call. My dad, John Gordon Long, died at 6 a.m. on December 10th, 2016. Shortly after my father was diagnosed with cancer, he went to a funeral where the person who had died also had four sons, just like my father. And each son came up and spoke at the funeral, and they were each in a in a rough spot, and <laughs> rightfully so. Um, but my dad leaned over to my mom at that point and said something to the tune of, I don't want our boys to go through with something like that. So... And when dad had passed away, we we decided we would respect dad's wishes. And to be honest, on the day of the funeral, I don't think any of the four of us would have uh, been in the spot to to want to say something. So dad's friend and cousin, and in, in rural Ontario, uh, they often overlap. Uh, Chris shared an amazing eulogy. And... Uh, he shared about the amazing dad, uh, amazing man that my dad was. And I don't think I could top what Chris had shared anyways. But in dealing with any issue and in dealing with this issue also, I tend to kind of think through things like I'm making a, a stand up bid or I'm going to be, um, passing along some type of message to, uh, to youth about that topic. So, um, I'd like to share my version of, of, of a eulogy of my father. So please pardon any untimed wit or preachiness, or also please pardon if I uh, turn into a, a little bit of a blubbery mess. So how do you start talking about your dead dad? I'll start with one of more, uh, one of my more recent memories. Uh, last time I'd seen my father before he passed away was November 19th and 20th. And you often hear about people having a burst of energy kind of before they pass away, especially if they're going through something uh, where they're fairly sick. And I was, I was a, a fortunate person to be the one that would spend that weekend where dad had a little more energy. I was able to give my dad a gift. I got, I got him some Red Wings pajamas and mom didn't know if I wanted to wait until Christmas, but I was glad that I was able to give that to him now uh, or at that point. 
And <laughs> um, at that point in his life, he was mostly wearing uh, pajamas anyway. So it was kind of like giving him a, a new wardrobe for, uh, for, uh, <laughs> for getting better. Um, we also spent some time running errands. We went to the local hardware store and picked out a, a new shower uh, faucet for, for him because he was frustrated with the one that he currently had. Uh, funny enough, uh, we didn't end up installing it, and it never ended up getting installed into their house before he passed away. Uh, we also went to the, uh, the Highland Brewery, who uh, was mentioned in last week's podcast. Uh, Dad also drove our four-wheeler from our home uh, down to the sugar bush, which, uh, for those of you who don't know what that trip is, it's about a uh, maybe a two kilometer drive, but, um, for dad, that was, that was quite an, an outing. And I followed behind on a, uh, in my car to make sure that he didn't fall off the side of the four wheeler or anything. Uh, maybe to s- start this off, I should describe how, how people would describe dad. Uh, dad was a forester. He was a business owner, a tree farmer, a a maple syrup producer. He was a loving husband, a good friend, and a great father. Dad always had a positive attitude and would never want someone else to do more uh, than their share of the load in anything. One of the things I knew, uh, but was constantly reminded of at Dad's funeral, was how he was really one of the good guys on, on many occasions, on, on multiple occasions, people would say to me, you know, we all say at, at a funeral that, oh, so-and-so was a good guy and, and everything, but your dad was one of the good guys. And it reminds me of uh, something I hear when I listen to baseball scouts talking about a player, they, uh, they'll say, oh, this guy, he's a guy, but the other guy, oh, he's a guy. You know, it's just that little tonal um, hint that there's, you know, there's really something special about him. And I could hear that, that reflected in these men's voices when they were t- discussing my father. Dad was virtuous. I guess I, in you know, um, Another way I could discuss that is, is exactly that and how virtuous he was. One of the uh, Bible verses we all know to hear is in first uh, Corinthians 13. You know, it says love is faithful, love is kind, you know, and, and we hear it at every, every wedding, you know, the list goes on and on. The final verse of the chapter though says three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. These are called the cardinal or theological virtues. And I feel like my father embodied each of these three virtues. Faith. Uh, Dad was a man of the Catholic faith. Um, If one was to wake up early enough, uh, you'd be able to find him reading his Bible on his brown chair in the corner of the living room. 
and any morning that I would wake up early enough, which was not very often, uh, that would be the case. Uh, one, one funny example of, uh, of dad talking about his faith would be at my brother Jed's wedding reception. Uh, dad and mom had the opportunity to give a, a little speech uh, and dad thought that this would be an, uh, an, a great opportunity to talk about Jed being a, a Bible reader in, in, um, in high school during his graduation mass. Uh, we went to a Catholic high school and now I don't think I'm telling any tales out of school to state that my brother really doesn't identify himself as a Christian uh, on account of earlier in that, uh, that wedding reception, instead of saying a prayer, uh, to the Judeo Christian God, they instead had like a, uh, a general thanks to the universe, uh, before the meal. So, you know, I think that, you know, it's wonderful that my dad kind of had that faith, but also it kind of leans into the next one, hope. My grandfather, uh, Clifford John Long, would call my dad the eternal optimist. Dad was always looking to the future for uh, something that, you know, he assumed would work out in, in the, you know, for the better or in his favor. The entire time he was sick, um, dad was always, you know, at least portraying to us that he thought he would be getting better. Uh, I remember when he first, uh, when he was first diagnosed, he, he, we had a, you know, a chat on the phone and he said, you know what? You know, you don't need to be worried about this. I'll be in and out, bing, bang, boom. I'll be getting some surgery and then we'll have, you know, I'll be cancer free in a couple of months. Well, the months turned to a year and, uh, things didn't get better. And, uh, I thought, you know, and dad still obviously still had that, that eternal optimist point of view. And it was actually getting to the point where, um, some of our family members thought he might be a bit delusional about that. So I confronted him about it and I, and he actually said to me, you know, I'm not afraid to die. <laughs> um, shit. he said, I'm not afraid to die. I just don't want to rush it. <laughs> Love. My father, although uh, he might have not been the best at articulating how much he loved us, was always great at showing it. He gave big hugs, and he would be supportive, even though he may not have understood exactly what he was supporting. <laughs> One of Dad's great strengths was in the uh, the love language of quality time. He was the kind of person that you would be able to sit with silently and not feel like you have to say anything or fill the air with shallow conversation. He was a man that you could just be around. Now I've received a lot from my dad. Um, you know, this, this smooth, deep voice that I have, that's uh, all thanks to him and you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> He also passed along a love for, for poetry and for fiction reading. He also was a big fan of Bruce Springsteen, who is one of my uh, favorite songwriters. And he was a fan of punny jokes. 
One of the things that I'm going to miss about dad is something simple. Of course, we're all going to miss, you know, the fatherly advice and the conversations about spirituality, but something that I'm going to miss is something that would uh, just be a little practical thing that would happen every time that I would come home ever since high school, actually. I would come in the door and uh, he wouldn't even have to say me. All I would hear is his booming baritone voice. Giuseppe, he would yell. And then Giovanni, I would return. Now, how do I stop talking about the man who has most influenced my life? I don't. So I'm just going to finish off here with a song that we sang at my dad's funeral. It's called How Great Thou Art. <sighs> Fuck. When through the woods In forest glades a wander I hear the birds Sing sweetly in the trees When I look down From lofty mountains grander I hear the brook How great 